Hi, I'm Nikki Torres. This is Chief Best Friends, a podcast for work besties everywhere. We're here to help you succeed at work and in business through meaningful friendships. In today's episode, we have Sam and Looney from Pori.io. They basically help us create beautiful web applications using Airtable. If you're not familiar with Airtable, it's basically been described as Excel sheets, but on steroids. Sam and Looney are on the show today because they're good friends and co-founders. Obviously, that's what this whole show is about. <laughs> but what makes their story special is that they have been working on Pori for just a couple of months, launching right smack in the middle of a global pandemic. They say that a lot of enduring businesses were started during a downturn similar to the 2008 financial crisis, of which I think we haven't really fully recovered yet. And now here we are battling economic crisis due to COVID-19. So regardless of all of that, Sam and Looney has a thriving and growing business. And that's really thanks to the no-code movement growing steadily these past few months. It's during this time really where, you know, we're becoming more resourceful and finding ways to earn more money. And if you have an idea, you'd want to validate at first by building a prototype. So no-code tools like Pori can help you get your MVP or minimum viable product ready in days instead of weeks or months of development. So yeah, I'm very excited about the space where Sam and Looney um, are working in. And obviously, it's not every day that we have engineers in the show. So, you know, without further ado, here's Sam and Looney. Thank you for inviting us, Nikki. Hello. Yeah, absolutely. Hi. <laughs> so just so that our listeners know who's who, can you introduce yourself or, or say your name so that we can pick up on your voice? Yeah, I'm yep. Sam. And I'm Looney. Hi, both of you. Okay, so jumping right in, I wanted to ask, um, how did you both meet and become friends? Yep, so Linny and I met three years ago while we were working in corporate in consulting. We were mobile developers at the time and really early on in our career. Um, because of that, we were on the bench for close to six months um, because clients <laughs> get to choose who they want on their projects. But that ended up being like a blessing in disguise for us because we really bonded during that time. I still remember that we had like an innovation lab and in the lab there was this room that was just made out of glass and we called it the fishbowl because every time someone walked past, they would like have a look at what we're doing. But that just gave us like the privacy to really bond with each other and we were just working on all these silly tech projects and just being ourselves, and that really helped foster our friendship. And how did you know that you both could be friends? Like, is, was there any particular moment? Do you do you remember or how would you describe it? Yeah, so being in the fishbowl and just being our silly selves, I think I knew that Lunia was going to become one of my really good friends because she was able to tease out the more immature side of me. I've always been <laughs> someone who's been quite serious, ambitious, like hardworking. That's kind of like the, the characteristics that have um, come up a lot. Uh, and yeah, I agree because I only really thought because she looks so serious and smart. I always thought she read a lot of books, but then I realized she doesn't read at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we also bonded a lot on Asian pop culture. But I think the the thing that sealed the deal for me was knowing that Looney was also really into startups. Um, and at the time, I was really into startups myself, and I really wanted to start my own kind of company. And just learning that that was also what she wanted and all the weird parallels that we've experienced um, before we met. Like, for example, like her previous roles was really similar to what I did as well. That just made it even more cemented that we were going to become really good friends and even 
like working together outside of work as well. Right. And then did you gravitate toward anyone else or has it always just been the two of you? Yeah. So we had a, a lot of co-workers that we became really close with as well in that innovation lab. There was other people on the bench. Um, they became more of like a friend than a colleague as well. Okay, cool. And then I guess I wanted to ask because for the podcast, uh, I'm really trying to discover, you know, how do women create meaningful friendships as, at work? Was there any part, like what is the hardest thing about making friends at work for you both? That's a good question. I think for me, I'm just naturally just very introverted and socially awkward. I don't like approaching people and I don't have a lot to say. It's it, I really hate the small talk. It's like, hey, how's your day? And then we're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll walk away with my coffee. <laughs> right. How about you, Sam? I think um, just being in tech and just being really geeky around that it was quite like we just had common topics for us like especially being in that little fishbowl that I mentioned and people being curious about what we're working on and not really having any projects themselves naturally just came and talked and then we'll just talk about different things in different ways and we started working together as a result yeah so friendships definitely came out of that fishbowl for sure even right. after we left consulting and um, and went on to working for startups um, we still catch up and hear each other, um, hear about each other here and there. Right. If I got the timeline correctly, so you both were at the same company and then you left and then worked on different startups yourselves, then kind of came together to start Pori. Is that, did I pronounce it correct? Yeah, Pori. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, we worked at the consultancy together. We found a startup okay. we wanted to join together. So we joined as a package deal. It's like all or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> how did you negotiate for that? <laughs> um, I, I don't remember exactly how did it happen, Sam. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so while we were consulting, so we eventually did get placed onto a project and we spent around eight months working for one of the largest banks. Um, and we just found that, like, if we wanted to do our own startup, it made more sense to work for a startup to learn how to build a startup ourselves. So I just started looking like out for what startups we could um, kind of apply for. And because I just enjoyed working with Looney so much, we said that we both have to get the job for it to become a thing. Uh, yeah. And so we applied for a startup called Locals. We had like a sister startup at the time and both the founders were really interested because we were like female in tech and really into startups as well. So they, they kind of had lunch with us. Uh, and we just said, we're a package deal. You can't pick and choose one. You have to have both. And yeah, and it happened. So they gave us both a job. So we did get split up. So they had, as I mentioned, they had like a sister startup. And because we were kind of switching from mobile development to web development, and we didn't have any skills and expertise, me and then one startup took Mooney. But we yeah. were still under the same building, um, just yeah. working with a different team to balance yeah. out the skill set. They promised right. we could sit next to each other, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the negotiations. I love it. I've never managed to do that, but that is so interesting. Do you know anyone else who's kind of managed that? I, I always felt like, like right now I have um, an ex-colleague and we're always thinking like, oh, maybe we should apply somewhere and we'll say that it's a package deal, but that has never happened. So I'm really, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this, but, but that's yeah. really cool. 
Yeah, so while me and Looney were like in the fishbowl doing all these weird projects, we came up with the name Shooting Unicorns. Like that became our team name together. So when we applied for the first startup that we worked for together as a package deal, they just loved the concept of these two software developers, like just giving it a go, like trying all these different things, learning and being so passionate about what they were doing. And they just loved the name Shooting Unicorns. Uh, so when it was time like to kind of move on to our next role to grow um, for another startup that poached us and um, it just sounded like a really good opportunity, we kind of just said the same thing. We're a package deal, shooting unicorns, like this is how we work well together. Uh, and I, I guess like the main thing was that we had complementing, like, sorry, complementing skill sets. So for me, I focused on front-end development and Looney focused on back-end development. And it just made sense that the two of us would work really well together uh, and be able to build all the missing pieces that they need. Yep. I was like, we got really lucky that we were able to join two startups as a package deal. So we always jumped together, <laughs> which is really, it's really cool. Yeah, I love it. I feel like we need to have another conversation just about that. <laughs> but um, so I guess what I'm seeing really or what I'm hearing is that you both really enjoy working together. And what has been the most enjoyable so far or the most surprising thing about each other that you've found out through all of these years, through all of these kind of like milestones when it comes to work? Yeah, I think the most enjoyable thing is just working as a friend professionally. It's very hard to find that. Like before I met Looney and I was doing consulting in like a different role, it was just so professional. Like it was more colleague and you go to work and then you finish work and it just kind of ends there. So having a friend that I worked with as my day job, it just made that much difference. Being able to have lunch and talk about things um, as well. And I think the most surprising thing was, despite us being so similar in so many ways, we were able to find like our own niche and things that we focused on doing, like we're good at doing and also enjoy doing separately. So for me, I'm more creative and more visual. So I would be able to do front end, whereas Looney's more into problem solving, designing like scalable products and just doing that kind of logic related things that's worked really well and was just surprising to be able to do all that. Yeah. Uh, you you mentioned something like, you know, you you really enjoyed working with a friend and in your previous roles that hasn't really happened. Do you think there was do you think it was more professional in a way because you haven't clicked with somebody or do you think there was it's just harder to kind of move from a very professional relationship to a more personal one? Yeah, I think it's for me um, in my previous roles, it was maybe to do with an age gap. Like I was definitely close to 20 years younger. So right. it was it was never like one where it was really close. Like it was more like fatherly, fatherly, motherly kind of <laughs> I see. relationship. And that would be a totally different relationship. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> How about you, Looney? What, what surprised you the most about or was the most enjoyable thing for you working with Sam? I think she's just naturally very silly. So easy to tease as well. My, I guess we just get each other. When I say a joke that references something, she understands because like we're culturally, like we're the same, right? We're Chinese. Watch um, your Chinese TVB dramas growing up. So we made a lot of those references. Right. And also like we, we were able to break down our barriers very soon. Like with when you're working with someone, you always have this sort of um, barrier up that you need to be a certain way to or seem a certain way to people, if you know what I mean. 
when yeah. you're still interacting with colleagues, you need to look professional, feel put your barriers up, you need to look serious, so then they'll take you more seriously. But with Sam, the minute we talked, we're like, oh, we're just this two little girls, just, you know, yeah, it's great. Just being silly. Yeah. <laughs> but we still get stuff done, which is great, like silly, but very serious at the same time. Got it. Yeah, I, I think that's that's really hard. I mean, one of the reasons I started this podcast is because I was so interested in this kind of relationship, which I've never had. And I've been working for more than a decade. And I've never really had that kind of connection with somebody. So I, I feel like I need to find like my own Sam or my own Looney. Um, but that hasn't happened yet. Uh, so so I'm, I'm basically kind of like living vic- vicariously through all of my guests and just trying oh. to find out like, how, how did this work for you? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I totally agree about, you know, all of this friendship, especially when you're working or you're an adult, it's so much different yeah. um, versus you know, sometimes you have friends from your childhood, maybe you've outgrown them or something like that. So then trying to make new friends like who who is very similar to you is kind of like hard to find. But so I'm really glad that you both found each other. And I guess what I'm trying to find out now is, you know, from that very early beginnings of your friendship in that consulting company to, you know, joining a startup on your own and then now having your own thing. How has your relationship or friendship changed over the years of working together and being friends? I think we grew up a lot, actually. Just looking back, when we first started working professionally, it was fine. Like me, Sam has this, is great with her personas right, at work. She doesn't like the issues that we have between each other. We would fight during lunch, and then when we get back, it's all sunshine and unicorns, right? And then <laughs> so she's able to switch very well at work. But when we're actually working on our side stuff, we, we're actually very hot-headed people. We get very... Um, impatient especially me like I'm, I'm really hard I you know for my emotions I find it really hard to control but she's able to point it out say hey this is making me very uncomfortable and why are you so hard to work with at first I don't agree and then it clicks to me afterwards I'm like yeah maybe I need to change so we're very forward with each other as time goes by we grew more and more patient and when we feel like oh there's a lot of heat in the room on the conversation we cut it off we drop it and we just don't talk about it until later on so mm. we, we, we grew a lot in that way. Like, it's not always like, oh, we're happy dilly-dally holding hands and skipping, right? <laughs> there, there are times <laughs> where we always argue. I think in the first year or two, we argued almost every second day. But oh, wow. I guess, yeah, but then like we, as time goes by, we learn to compromise. Like Sam has compromised a lot for me. I'm still learning to compromise for her. So yeah, I think, um, and then we go, okay, what, what are we doing? What are we trying to achieve? Okay, it's for the best interest of Pori, for example. Then we'd be like, okay, what is best for Pori? It's like raising a child, right? You do things best for your child. So Pori is our child. It's like a marriage, as Sam says, right? Or any other startup founder. Yeah. You, you do business with someone, they become your married partner in life, uh, in work, sorry, not in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think working with Looney as co-founders literally has, t- like, opened up the worst in us only because we just become like so ingrained into like what we're trying to do and trying to get our way and what we think the product is that it has turned out to be a marriage like that we have to communicate and compromise a lot as Lini mentioned yeah. suddenly it's not just friends being silly yeah absolutely I think as would you know, at the very beginnings of every friendship, there's always like this honeymoon phase, like everything is fine and dandy. You kind of like have this natural banter. And then at some point, you'll kind of like have a disagreement. Was that kind of like a shock for you both? Maybe at the the first time that you had a disagreement that is not, let's say, work related? Mm, no, I guess it 
it just happened that not really a shock at all actually more like anger came out like why is she angry at me (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right (laughs) yeah I think for me it was learning about boundaries personal boundaries like sometimes when a fight happens it's because you're like stepping over the line and provoking like sensitive topics that maybe you shouldn't have mentioned like for example everyone has their own personal stories uh and personal experiences but when you put yourself first uh, and you're not and you're kind of insensitive to other people's feelings that's kind of the things that we argued about most and had to work out right I guess what I wanted to get into is if you could share kind of like one of the hardest things that you've both had to go through uh, either in your work or maybe in setting up Pori if you could kind of like share that uh, with me and then how that experience has changed your relationship. Was there kind of like a very big thing that you both had to manage together? Together? Nothing comes to the top of my head. Sam, do you have any? Together? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think the hardest thing that we've gone through is people kind of dismissing um, the work that we've done. And like, for example, yeah, like for now we're doing like the incubator program um, and mentors that we have, I guess like the things that the questions that they asked us is like, oh, you know, because I have a technical mentor, he'll be like, oh, are you doing X, Y, and Z? But these type of things are very like something, someone who's junior would know how to do. So it just kind of feels like there's some unconscious bias when I work with um, my mentor, for example. I was just like saying as women or maybe for myself, actually, it's getting over your imposter syndrome. Like, cause you're, for me being in tech, I'm always the only girl in the team. So actually I was in a team of like nine other dudes plus me. And like, cause I'm naturally not as confident speaking, even though I had the most experience when I talk, I get brushed off because I can't talk with conviction and as much confidence as they would. And then as time goes by, you're more discouraged to not speak your mind because you just get brushed off. No one's hearing you. And then later on, um, you just don't talk at all. And that's like a huge barrier. So that I think we, we both have gone through that kind of stuff at work separately, not as a team, obviously, but we're slowly learning to get out of that kind of shell and be more confident in ourselves when we talk. Right. Okay. So I want to talk about now um, this thing that you both are working on uh, called Pori. For those, for our listeners, can you describe what Pori is? <laughs> yeah. So Pori is a no-code platform for creating web apps using a tool called Airtable without writing a single line of code. Um, so we help you build web apps by offering six templates that are built on different use cases. So then all you have to do is just focus on managing your content on Airtable. And we've made it really easy for you to connect to different services so you can get things like live chat and analytics and even automate processes. Yeah, it's just something that we've identified um, in no, like non-technical founders that you know it's really expensive to build tech. So we aim to solve this problem through just helping provide a platform for you to be able to just utilize tools that you're already familiar with. Yeah, I think, you know, when I when I first heard about Pori, I mean, I've heard about this whole no-code thing, and, and I'm a big fan of Airtable, but I haven't 
I haven't seen. I mean, when I saw what Pori does, it's very interesting to me because I I love all of these like tables, the databases, and Airtable, but they always don't look pretty. I've seen a lot of people just embed Airtable on their sites, and that's fine. So I love kind of like being able to see a much better vis- visualization of that data. But anyway, how did this whole um, idea of Pori came about, and has it always was it? kind of like an idea that you both had come together or did somebody suggest it how did what's the the spark that came yeah. about yeah so last year Looney and myself we joined a startup we built their entire mvp or just using airtable uh, and they went on to raising 1.5 million dollars in just six months so um, after they raised the money we joined the team to pull apart airtable but what we realized was this was like an absolute brilliant idea because they were non-technical founders and they spent such little money and were able to validate the idea so quickly. And me and Looney, we personally met a lot of founders who have spent 50 to 100K building apps that got little traction. Um, and th- like the reason why it costs so much is because software development takes time and there's a lot of moving parts. Like you need to set up hosting, you design a database, the schema that has you know, the relationships and how you should hold your data. And then you have to build like a backend that's responsible for creating, reading and updating, deleting your data. And then you have to build a front end that's like the user interface. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like for your users. So many steps. Yeah, so it ends up being very expensive. And a lot of people just kind of stop there or they end up wasting that money. So we became really inspired to build that platform, uh, you know, design the templates based on popular websites and then, um, let non-technical founders get sites up in just minutes so then they could just focus on building the business and not have to, having to worry about all that technical um, aspects of the product. So before we proceed, here's a little bit about the other shows from Podcast Network Asia. The best way to learn is to learn from the greats. And if you're looking for a podcast that helps you hone your hustle, Hustle Share is right up your alley. Join your hosts, Ron Beitiong, in conversations with startup founders, business leaders, and unique hustlers as they showcase the triumphs and challenges people go through in their unique hustle and how you can apply that to your own success. Yeah, I I, I really love that because I think when I was looking at Pori, you had this uh, one of the templates, which is, I think, for the accelerator. So it's kind of like a networking template right and I really love that because at least for chief best friends or where I'm hoping to take this show or the podcast is to start creating a community around um, access to capital for female founders and so it's to me I had this I have this idea but in my head okay if I try to build it how long would it take I mean me being a non-technical founder I was like uh, I don't know how to build it so when I saw your your site I was like wow I can just technically just get my air table plug it into pori and then i have like this nice beautiful site which i can validate immediately versus having to wait weeks or months to get something out there so i love it yeah (laughs) anyway that's just me kind of like really really loving what you both are doing (laughs) thank you was there anything um, hard in terms of setting up Hori? Because I think for a lot of our found, uh, a lot of our listeners who are female founders, they might have kind of like ideas to do a startup. Was there any part of that whole process, maybe getting into the accelerator, finding funding, or um, validating your idea that you found uh, was the hardest for you both? So we didn't actually have a goal. Um, per se, saying that, we know, we're going to try to get into an accelerator and do this and that. We just happened to work on Pori when COVID-19 happened. And 
because the startup that we worked for got impacted and suddenly we were made part-time, we just started building Pori. And it's just something that we did already in our day jobs, me being in front end, Lily being back end. We actually built the MVP for Pori in just 35 days. Uh, and then we said, you know, let's just launch it into the public and see what kind of uh, interest we got. And then when we launched on Product Hunt, uh, suddenly we like got upvoted and we were like number four and we saw like this influx of traffic come in and heaps and heaps of people commenting about how much they loved their idea. And we just thought, you know, we should work on this. This is something that we should do, especially in the previous startup that we worked for where we already said this was something that we we should actually do and it could help a lot of people. But because we were working on something else at the time, we didn't really explore their idea. When we did this, we just kept going after that. So we backpedaled, we fixed up all the bugs that we didn't do like well, because it was just done in 35 days. Uh, and then we like started, get, started getting paying customers and we just kind of listened to what they're trying to build and uh, improved our product. And then someone actually reached out from Mozilla. He was a mentor and he said he loved what we did and we should apply. Um, and that's when we applied uh, and then did the interview and was accepted into the startup studio program. So all of this just happened and we don't, we honestly don't know what happened. So <laughs> <laughs> you're still in the process basically. Yeah. So like trying to process everything that's happened. Yeah. I think like the, for the question that you said, like, was it like around advice or what was hard? I just think you just do something that you're really passionate about doing uh, and it's within what you can do and things will just happen naturally. I think the hardest yeah. bit also is to let go of perfectionism. Just have an MVP, something simple, even if it's like ugly, push it out there just to test idea. Right? If it's useful, people would use it regardless. Like our first rendition, like our first render of Pori was like terrible. The way you, you didn't even have blocks or anything like that, but as it went by, we got better and better at building our features. So it wasn't what it was like, what you see now is not what it was when we first launched. Yeah, but people loved it. <laughs> they saw like it solved a problem that they had. So yeah. that's kind of my advice for other people. Like don't hold on to the details and try to perfect the product. If it yeah, solves a real launching. problem. Yeah. People will love it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, especially for women, there's this whole thing about perfection, right? Um, I don't know if it's because of all of the bias that we, you know, experience at work. Um, we always feel like we have to be like 110% versus let's say, um, like you mentioned earlier, like for men, even if they have less experience, they sound more confident and all of those things. So I feel like this whole perfection thing is something that a lot of women that I speak to kind of like encounter as well. And something that I'm also um, encountering myself, especially, you know, even before I launched this podcast, I wanted it to be perfect. But, you know, I I, I set a deadline for myself and I'm like, I had yep. just had to scale back a lot just so that I could launch it. <laughs> But I totally agree about this whole perfection thing. I guess what I'm hearing from you both is that because you, I guess in terms of the work that you do and I guess your friendship, there's a nice little demarcation. Like you mentioned, one of you is front end, one of you is back end. But aside from that, when it comes to dynamics, for example, with dealing with clients or customers, how do you split the work? Yeah, When it's not so related to coding, it's like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so far, I've been like the face of the product. So I do all the marketing and the customer support and the design. 
uh, while Looney's more focusing on fixing the bugs. And she's just purely back focused on coding. <laughs> yeah, but that's our, yeah, and the back and back end. Um, but that's yeah. worked quite well for us. So what we do is every day we will go on afternoon walks with our EPs on and I'll just update her on all the things that has happened throughout the day. Uh, and then she'll put her input in and her thoughts and what she thinks we should do or not do. And then I kind of take that feedback uh, and go and go off and do what we need to do. So that's worked quite well. And I think it's, it comes down to trust as well. She trusts me in doing all that kind of client facing um, and support work. And I trust her with building our product in the back, <laughs> in yeah. the background, literally. <laughs> yeah, I say behind the scenes, anything to do with the back, that's loony. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I mean, you mentioned like this whole trust. And I think that's that's really important when you kind of like find your kind of like your chief best friend, right? Is that you need to be able to really delegate that part of the business to somebody that you really trust. Yeah, definitely. It's like I trust you to take all the feedback I give on board and you do everything in the best interest of Pori that you don't just put your personal interest in the front and you would do what you said you would set out to do, right? especially in this remote working place, we're not working together. How do I know if you're working for two hours and like chilling the rest? So you, you both don't even see each other right now? No, we can't. I won't look down. Oh, you're, you're not aware, are you? In Victoria, we have stage four lockdowns. We can't travel outside our suburbs. <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and shops are closed for at least six weeks as well, um, unless you're like groceries or like main, like important services. Yeah. So do you think this whole trust, I think because, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing because of your experience um, working together in that consulting and in the other startup, you kind of like know each other's work ethic. So you don't have any doubts when it comes to your child, Pori. Is that correct? Is that correct for me to say? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally trust them. Because we're both okay. just so passionate about like what we're doing as well. Like we don't want to see it go downhill from here, right? As well. Yep, exactly. Okay, cool. So I know um, I have a question here about, you know, if you have a chance to speak to your younger self, what advice would you give her? I don't know, it comes to startups, working with friends, anything. Yep, so just definitely don't doubt yourself and be more confident with what you can offer. If you want something or feel something, just speak up or seek a change, right? Nothing's just going to fall on your lap. I mean, there is that one, lucky 1%, but it's most likely not you. <laughs> I've learned that from Sam. Like, she's just such a hustler, going out, finding opportunities and whatnot. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am without her. I would just be sitting behind the screen, probably complaining about life being unfair. But she literally just goes out and chases the dream. Oh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there are many times, people, <laughs> many times people will tell you, oh, I'll, I'll go up to say, oh, I want to be this certain person. Like, you know, I want to learn how to be Zen. And then people will be like, no, nah, man, that's your personality. You, you can't change. Like those people you need to shut out of your life. If they're not supportive, then they're definitely going to be toxic to your life. Just shut it out because they're not going to help you grow and you want to grow with these people around you. So I'll definitely tell yeah. my younger self, if people shut you down on what you want to be, you shut them down, shut them out of your life. It's no help to you. That's true. I love it. You, you said it with so much conviction as well. Love. <laughs> It's something I've done in the way, yeah. Yeah. how she yells at me. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Sam? Yeah, for me, I think it's to not give a shit about what other people say as well. 
like for me growing up, I never did well in school, but I went to a really like, like a really good school growing up. And I just felt really bad because everyone was just doing so well. And they talked about these universities and these courses, but I literally would fail most of my subjects, like my maths and my chemistry and all that. And they were very important prerequisites to get into those, you know, set courses that everyone talked about. So that became like one of my saddest points in my life when I just wanted to not even go to uni because I didn't know what I wanted to do and couldn't get into what I well thought I wanted anyway. So I kind of rolled the dice and did IT, which at the time was really easy to get into. So that didn't make me feel good as well, um, considering my circle of friends was just doing so well. Uh, And it just worked out for the best um, because I ended up kind of excelling in what I did. And like, I don't want to be arrogant or anything, but I think I ended up doing even better uh, in comparison looking back. And I just think like, don't conform and just be yourself and do what you think is right. Yeah. I love that. I mean, you mentioned about, you know, uh, doing IT. I actually wanted to ask you both uh, because I don't really speak to a lot of software engineers and I'm very interested about what made you decide to become software engineers. <laughs> well, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be truthful, right? So after year 12, we had to choose what we wanted to study for. So the first <laughs> thing I went on the internet was what made the most money? <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so that I went into engineering and then I got a um, an internship at a company called Bosch in the CC mm-hmm. department and then I they exposed me to me the world of software engineering and web development and then I got like pretty passionate about that like I didn't know I could do it technically I actually failed my first year of uh, programming I was like oh this is so tough I don't even know what's happening but I guess being able to apply <laughs> that skill I was like yeah actually it's not that bad <laughs> I just went from there so. The, the yeah. answer to that question is what made the most money made me join it <laughs> okay very truthful love it <laughs> that is terrible <laughs> <laughs> I would advise against it but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I guess it it all turned out for the better yeah cool okay so we're gonna go into the quick fire questions is there anything else you want to add maybe something that you're working on um Pori any new updates I, I've seen the roadmap is there anything in particular that you want to announce Yes, yeah, so we're currently working on user management. So based on all the feedback and the customers that we're getting, we've identified that businesses are really interested in using Pori, uh, and it's more around for internal tools and putting content uh, for, for members only. Um, and that's the next piece that we're going to focus on working on. Very interesting. Okay, awesome. I will speak to you both about this maybe at another time, but let's go into the quick part questions. Um, so basically how this works is I'll just ask the question and then you both just give me your answer in a very concise way. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So bearing this whole COVID thing, if there was an activity with a friend or a couple of friends, uh, you look forward to, uh, sorry, what is the activity with a friend or friend that you look forward to the most? For me, I really miss going on road trips, exploring something and just playing board games together after a night of tiring, exploring, drinking wine. I think any board games with my friends is fun. <laughs> is there yeah. any particular board game that you're playing or that you're passionate about? Pandemic. <laughs> it's so no fun. way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, ironic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How about you, Sam? I really miss playing pool. 
So I used to play quite competitively. Um, and that was one thing that I bonded a lot with. Like every time I caught up with my friends, itching to play it right now. I don't know a lot of girls who play pool. That's amazing. Okay. And how do you distinguish when you're on work mode versus friendship mode? Especially now when you both are separate. <laughs> I think for us, there's no, there's no mode, I reckon, because we built our friendship on top of work. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so we are what we are. <laughs> but we yeah. do have a pact that when we do travel together, we're not allowed to talk about work. Because oh, yeah. there's this, well, this one time where, well, every time uh, at the start, we would be at work. We'd be on the plane talking about work, on like traveling, we're talking about work. And then Lily was like, not cutting it. We're not allowed to talk about work when we're on a holiday. <laughs> that goes without saying. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> um, okay, any favorite book or article that you've read recently? Um, I haven't been reading uh, recently, to be honest, there's just no time. It's either my full-time job or my night hustle. But I did read this book not long ago, like last year, called The Professor and the Housekeeper, which is about the day-to-day interactions between a math professor who's incapable of forming new memories. So his memories only last 18 minutes, a housekeeper and her son. So to me, it was a really beautiful book that explored like human connections and emotions. I mean, to be honest, life is weird, right? People connect yeah. in many different ways. So this book is about the math professor who was able to form a very close bond with the housekeeper and her son through maths, right? Even though he forgot them every time, every 80 minutes, so they always have to reintroduce themselves, but that bond and the con- and that connection never disappears. So it's just so beautiful. Like the, what's so appealing is like you're living through it whilst you're reading it and you feel the yeah. bond slowly grow. So that was amazing. Right. Right. That sounds really interesting. I'm going to check that out and then I'm going to make sure that it's in our show notes. Okay. How about you, Sam? Uh, This guy sound terrible, but I haven't read a book since high school and that was probably close to a decade ago, but I do enjoy (laughs) reading articles. Yeah. 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 So I do really like to read personal kind of stories by Mm -hmm. um, people that are in startup. Um, Because I don't don't really like textbook kind of stuff. Like, oh, you know, you should be doing this and this is what it should look like. But more rather reading it through other people's personal stories and journeys. Cool. Is there any particular person that you've read recently? So I usually read in the, like, there's this community called Indie Hackers. uh, And people usually share their articles through there. So there's no specific person per se. Um, Just whatever I see come up, I will just read and read really like it okay perfect i know of indie hacker so i will link uh to that on the show notes and then name a woman who's inspired you recently definitely jacinda arden oh yes yeah just looking at her how she deals with all these crises you know just amazing how she can be so calm and collected and be so convincing i mean in a role in this area where it's traditionally just men Right. Yeah. She, she didn't let that into her mind. It's like, I am the prime minister. I am this. I'm not a woman. I'm not a man. I am a leader. Oh, it's just so inspiring. Yeah. Hearing you talk about her makes me feel so inspired. <laughs> I love you, you seem to say a lot of things with uh, conviction. Ah, sounds so great on, on audio. <laughs> How about you, Sam? I'll have to say same. Like the stuff that she's done and like done so well and has so much praise for her. and also her family dynamics, having her husband be the stay-at-home dad uh, and just taking the, um, the child to 
watch her do the talks. It's just so inspiring for me. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely one of the leaders, especially during this time that we can really look up to. And I'm glad that she's a woman. Yeah. Okay. Okay, last question. What's one habit that's been a total game changer for you at work? Definitely getting regular exercise. <laughs> yes, Anne? Yeah, I was going to say I'm a bit of a workaholic. So there was a huge period of time where I was just work from when I wake up all the way through to when it's time to sleep. Um, so now we just have this time in the afternoon where we'll go out for a walk without e-pieces on and just like talk to each other about what we're working on and what we should do. So it's like having two birds with one stone kind of thing. Yeah. Do the meeting while walking. That's a game changer. <laughs> yeah. Has that, yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, because for all of the lockdowns that's happening, how do you, has that changed? I feel like I'm always working just because I'm at home and in front of my laptop all the time. Same. I think it's around 15 hours of work hour <laughs> now. Yeah. I, I lose track of what day it is. That's how bad it is. It's like every day is the same, but just doing different yeah. work. Yeah. Oh, oh, I do have one uh, one game changer. Use your calendar. It's so it helps. <laughs> it's so useful to plan your day. Just put everything in that day. And you look at it like, yep, this is what I need to do for the day. I need to focus. Definitely use it. That's another game changer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's so true. You know, when this whole lockdown happened, kind of like what Sam said, where every day kind of looked the same, I would miss a lot of the meetings because I wouldn't know what day it was. Yeah. Every day yeah. feels the same. You're just under this shelter and then there's no sun. Yeah. <laughs> you forget. <laughs> that's true. You've reached the end of another episode of Chief Best Friends, now part of Podcast Network Asia. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I'd love for you to subscribe and share it with a friend. Connect with me at chiefbestfriends.com. And don't forget to sign up to my newsletter, where I bring you resources and growing a business, cultivating friendships, and funding opportunities. That's all for now. Till the next episode, this is your host, Nikki Torres. <laughs> <laughs>